Okay, we're live and we're live. Here we go. What's up, guys? John Sintes here, Cutter Nation 63. The streak live. We're every day since Monday through Friday. Yeah, what, how many days in a row? Is I know we're like nine, 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 nine days in. Yeah, we're almost two full week, two full business weeks in of consistent content and trying to get stuff. Uh, first, before we get going, please rate, review, and subscribe. Mash that like button if you're on YouTube. It helps the algorithm. It helps us get our message out even further to the people that should probably hear some of this stuff. So, without further ado, Cass, help us out with David Weck. David Weck, how's it going, man? It is going fantastic, guys. There's been a little bit of uh, delay in the audio. I hope you guys can hear me okay. Yeah, you sound great. Um, sometimes the Wi-Fi, we, we just got to roll with the punches with this connection stuff. So, um, again, if sometimes we have to jump off, just just roll with it. Cool? Yeah. Um, but anyway, absolutely. for those of you that don't know David, David, tell us who you are, how you got started. Okay, so my name is David Weck. I uh, invented the BOSU ball more than 20 years ago, and that set me on a path to invent many other products. Um some of which are literally changing the way that human beings locomote and changing what I'll call the rules in the fitness industry. It's a, it's a positive take under where we are. It is death to dysfunction and it is a, a cultural revolution where we are making every step stronger for everyone in the most God's honest way, which we can measure with time and because we were able to get results that have never been gotten before with the best athletes with by changing the rules and saying, wait a minute here, wait a minute here. We're fighting the ground. We're going to punch down. Why are you swinging the arm up? Ooh, and things like that. Revolutionary, revolutionary. So we're going to have some fun. Yes, yes, absolutely. Hey, go, don't, go for it. No, the Bosu ball. Like we, you got to give more context. Our buddy Rue, um, uh, where we where we go from, um, he he said it's been one of the most instrumental tools to him ever. Um, so we're in a we're in a gym that loves the Bosu ball. But I will say this: I have never ever seen somebody outside of your gym actually know what the heck they're doing with the Bosu ball. Um, I, so I know it's crazy. It's crazy. It, what it is is. The Bosu ball itself is the is just the, the answer to what if I cut the ball in half to stabilize it so I can train on this inflatable, flexible, rubberized dome that I had figured out by standing on the risky one, the stability ball, that, wow, there's tremendous benefit from center line strength and learning to wean yourself from grabbing me with the toes and, and the... And just the, the complexity of the exchange of your weight, there's a spiral dynamic and three-dimensional surfaces and two-dimensional surfaces. You went to school and you had a globe in the classroom and you had a flat map and the flat map looked all weird. And the teacher said, yeah, that's because you can't plot the real thing on a flat map. Now, the floor is flat for all intents and purposes. We are 3D but we come from trees and our foot is really structured and shaped for grabbing and, and coming around something. And so it's not designed for the wheel is designed for a flat ground, right? That's what, that's how the commerce rolls in the wheel, right? 
So basically, we have a conundrum that you have to interact with a with a flat ground, and we differentiated. We have our feet designated to it, and our hands do everything else. And what I'm saying is that fundamentally, humanity missed the mark by just a little bit, and we're about to fix the fucking problem. And that means that 80% of runners are no longer going to be hurt. Zone going to be about 20%. <laughs> and, and, and it's just going to redefine our relationship with fitness because guys like you who care want to talk to guys like me who are crazy enough to say, guess what? There is a better way. And I got the proof. <laughs> and yeah. the clock is on my side. We're, we're crazy guy. enough too. So, so I, I dude, I, it's going to, I want to talk about the pulsers and the ropes so much, but I want people to understand the context of how we get to today. Right. So with the Bosu ball, I want you to tell me a little bit more about the first years and like really go back because a lot of our people are not going to understand it. And I think the context yes. is important. Yes. Okay, great. So basically, the, the BOSU ball is, a, is an inflatable ball cut in half. And what makes it special is when the platform is on the ground, it's this inflatable dome that's actually stable, okay? And it's the stability, so it's a balance of stable and unstable because the thing is not going to go out from under you, which means you can trust it and you can let go and load it with full capacity. And that's the key is you got to teach the nervous system to let go and load with absolute full capacity and not train yourself to be hesitant. Like setting up and bracing yourself to resist some force in a weak position, which is anti-rotation in a nutshell, makes you hesitant. And it impairs your ability in those moments that matter, the reflexive moments that matter when the signals are going to fire fast, what you going to do? Now, with the BOSU ball, it, here it is in the beginning, all right? I'll set the stage. It's 1999. Everybody has quit their job because everybody's a day trader now because the internet.com bubble is going nuts. Oh, I don't paint houses anymore. I'm a day trader. I just doubled my money in a month, right? The money was everywhere, right? And I invent the BOSU ball. And it was at the heyday of the instability and the Swiss ball, the stability ball, the what do they call it? The resistible, the flexible, the, the, a bunch of names for it. And they were selling probably as many as, th as two to three million stability balls a year in the United States alone back then. Per year. It, you had everybody talk about stability balls. And there was a guy, Paul Check, who's a real pioneer in the industry, got a lot of great stuff. I saw a picture of him standing on the ball once. And I was battling back pain. So I was living in Manhattan. I was an actor, rollerblading only. I, I'm efficient. I love efficiency. So I, I, and I'm extreme. I do whatever I do, I do it 100%. So I literally didn't wear shoes, regular shoes, for about six years. I was just wearing skates most of the time. And my feet got so weak that I hurt my back and I couldn't resolve it. And I didn't know the difference and didn't care back then. Just fix the problem, take some painkillers and go. And... It was the stability ball that started to give me relief because it's dealing with your reflexes. Everything comes down to the reflexes and when they trigger, they trigger. And when they don't, they don't. And if you're sort of guarded 
it's, it's like you're, you're, you're on the hook all the time, all the time. And so this reflexive resetting is a way that opens up the channels and lets force flow. When force flows, we feel good. When force gets restricted, we don't. And so I started standing on the stability ball and, and just some benefits started happening in my body. It's highly risky. And I would jump onto one. I would jump from one to another one. And I also did the Feldenkrais side of it, which is the side where you're doing minimalist stuff. I would close my eyes and try to discern the slightest gradations of force and difference. And one night I closed my eyes and tilted my head back on a big 75 centimeter ball. The New York Knicks were playing the, uh, the Spurs, losing the finals in the NBA. And I was in my little 200 square foot apartment, balancing on a ball, tilting my head back. I fell off. Landed on the ball, did a backflip, and landed against the wall across the, you know, the big apartment there. And I kicked my feet reflexively, saying, I can still do that. Thank God I didn't break my neck. I was genuinely scared. And it was that night that I was like, how do I keep this training going? Like, my feet are like, my back is starting to feel good. Like, how do I, how do I keep this cat-like stuff going? And I said, what if I cut the ball in half? And then it was like, holy shit, what if I cut the ball in half? Oh, my God. They sell three million of them balls a year, and this thing's better. It'll cost more, but it's better. I can. Oh my God, I'm gonna be a millionaire. And I was a starving actor at that time, and a personal trainer to make my living. And so basically, I just in that moment I knew this is my ticket. So I just boom. And I was fortunate that my brother had already succeeded in the in the internet world. So I had an angel investor, my family member. All right. Here's the, you know, here's the capital. <laughs> Go. <laughs> you see? And that means, and I had the guidance of my father who could protect me from certain sharks. Because trust me, you go out there as an inventor, and if you sign the standard arrangement with the government, then you got nothing at the end of the day. Right? So I came at it guarded, you know, with, with funding and with some, with some advice that I could really trust. and was pivotal to setting me up. But then I decided... Listen, rather than build an empire and sell this thing, I'm going to license it. It's good enough. I'll collect the royalty, and then I can devote my time to more study. And I knew in that moment, I was like, I'm going to become the world's foremost expert on the subject of balance training. And the what's going to make it real is I'm going to measure it by locomotion. God damn it, if I can get you to go faster from here to there, that's true. And that balance, balance is just coordination. Think of it as not, oh, don't fall down. That's a very low threshold. Think of it as how coordinated everything where and when it needs to be, when it needs to be there, that's balance. So in that sense, a guitarist has tremendous balance. The, everybody has balance at what, they're, at what they specialize in. Baseball player, tremendous balance to hit the ball. But we all share the common locomotive function and it's an upright bipedal locomotion. And I was smart enough to set my sights on mastery of that function. And then what happened was the Bosu ball opened up tremendous doors for me. So I met a man named Dean Brittenham and he, it, I, I was selling the product. I was selling handmade units. I sold it to the ski team first handmade and I charged the money <laughs> and and I sold it to the Yankees, the Lakers, the Devils, and the Ravens and the Rams. And I sold it to the New York Knicks. And I went back to the New York Knicks to, to meet Greg Brittenham because he was ordering more from me. 
And he goes, you got to meet my father, Dean. He's in San Diego. It's the Shiley Sports Performance Clinic. You got to meet him. So book a flight. Me and my dad go out to San Diego and I meet Dean Brittenham and he's talking about ambidexterity and whole brain thinking and all this stuff that's just, you know, not just the meat and potatoes get somebody stronger, but actualize the individual. And he had all this stuff. So it set me into like, oh, Bosu came from both sides up to describe it. But after I met Dean and started working on these theories, it was both sides utilized to describe your brain and your body. And that shortly thereafter, I discovered the rope. And, and it, was, it was actually through a product. Called, I invented a product called the Quick Hands Bola Trainer that I'll bring back one day. But it was two balls on an elastic bungee cord. And you could fling this thing out and send it back and forth. At you, we achieve speeds of more than 110 miles an hour. Where you're sitting there and you go boom, boom, <laughs> boom, boom, and literally because the speed gun would go triple X if you went past 110. <laughs> Hold the speed gun, fling it right at it, <laughs> X, 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 boom, right? And you could catch it. So you're, and it's it's the hand-eye coordination and the proprioception of one hand knowing what the other hand's doing. And then I was doing a, I was doing a conference back in 2004, I think in New York city. And I met buddy Lee, buddy Lee's a jump rope guy, Olympic wrestler. And he's a whiz with a rope. And I was watching him perform. And what I, I'm, I'm a master of efficiency. Like I love, I'm lazy as can be, but I like to be high performance. So Whatever I can do better, I'm going to do better. So I noticed that in his jump rope, so much of the time, so much of the time, like it wasn't going here. It was here, 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 right? And so I just like, I, I, he gave me one of his ropes and I took it home and I just said, all right, for 30 days, I was on the plane flying into San Diego, going over Mr. A's downtown. Like for 30 days, I'm going to train with that rope and I'm going to get just as good as Buddy Lee, but I ain't going to jump through it not once because I'll never try. I'll never catch up to that guy if I spend all my time jumping. And I was smart enough to know because I like dunking and jumping and running fast. So I was smart enough to know that you don't jump rope for 20 minutes. You want to be very springy and powerful. Right. That's boxer training, not 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 big, big ups training to jump rope. So I basically decided I wasn't going to jump for 30 days. Four patterns will emerge. It's just like what happens with a human structure in a rope. If you don't jump, you got to rotate and you're either going to pronate or supinate and cross or uncross. And, you know, it's like there's certain fundamentals that there's four patterns that emerge. And what happened was all of a sudden. Here I am in San Diego training with a rope. And, and I had tried studying martial arts back in New York City at, at Wing Chun, Bruce Lee's first art. And the class was so terrible. Like, you know, what's a tonsau and a bonsau? And like, you know, if you don't know what it is, what the fuck do you do? You know, it's just like sit there and get punched in the chest. So it was terrible. But then as soon as I got the ropes in my hand, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's, that's what that is, right? A wedge that do. Oh, that's what that is, right? And so I recognized that I could weaponize my entire body by patterning the ropes and make myself. How'd your dance skills come along? Oh, the dance, the dance skills come along too. 
But it's, it's what it does. The rope makes you more programmable for whatever it is Everything. you want to learn next. Everything. It's like it's the universal key that that you, you there's always an end. And it's so basic. The awareness that you get, you just keep on getting more and more receptive to the cue. Like, oh, I need to do how much? Little, like, you know, the subtlety and the nuance of the gradation and the quality of it. It's a reason why all boxers are good with a rope. And the best boxer ever, Sugar Ray Robinson, didn't jump through it so much. So I. Yeah, I've been playing with it, and I haven't tried to do anything on purpose. I've just kind of let things reveal themselves. I think so. I know I can dragon roll, but I can't sneak. But I can feel where the sneak is going to be, and that's yes, the funny yes. thing is like I can see that things are coming. I can, and you know, and anyway, this is like I don't. I'm. It's one of those things where I'm the kind of person that wants to know what I'm about to do. Like I want that security. Yes, yes, but yes, but at the same yes. time, you you know, you've been so instrumental in me like i don't care what I, I have no idea what i'm going into these sessions looking for and i don't care and not having that agenda um i'll tell you yesterday when i was um i don't know how we're going to get here uh, virtually because it, it's going to be a lot of explaining what we're trying to do um with throwing but the the pulsing running i'm starting to realize do you tell me if i'm crazy with this okay so i think everybody's going like like legs go and then the upper half is reacting to the legs and i feel like the pulsers force you to go upper half lower half upper half is that a crazy way to think about it no it's the correct way to think about it basically what it is is you want to do all the work in the air and be there when you get there so when i'm going you're you're shifting your entire weight so right. I'm like, as, as if, I don't know if you see my whole body, but if I'm here, right, if I'm, if I'm on this leg, I need to get my mass over the top of this leg to be there when I land. So I have to, I have to be there when I land. I can't, I can't, I can't hold myself in neutral and be not there because it's like the force vectors aren't productive. You, you're not productive. And it's this right here and the hands, everything has to gear together and the hands basically are the, are the thing that catches up at the right time. And it's this, there's three phases to being on the ground, landing, launching with the loading moment in the, in between, hopefully only one of them. <laughs> If you're if you're sprinting, not some big clod, you know, spike yeah, yeah. spike. But the hands, the hands are coming in and and you you're you're touching down. So there's actual contact with the ground, and then the hand action will deliver a jolt through the upper quarters. And it's and it, the jolt could be spiral, but there has to be a loading that goes through you in those microseconds in between landing and the peak load that gives you better launch. And slow jogging, everybody does it. So yeah. if, if I just come slow to you, it's boom, ha, ha, ha. Yep. I mean, it's, it's like you have two little snare drum sticks here and it's just a little bit, right? And you do that over, I mean, it's like, if you 
you don't even have to be very athletic. And the yeah. Ball, you know, so and that's how I start. Every time I put the pulsers in my hand and I go to run, I try to do as little as possible. And then all of a sudden, I'm just bouncing. I'm like, okay, now I can run. Yes, yes, yes. What you need to do is it's, it's the timing. It's, if you're being instructed to swing the arm, you're being instructed to do something that is biomechanically not correct for that particular action. Like it's, it's, it's insanity. And who doesn't teach? Some people don't teach much arms, but who teaches arms and what do they teach? It's nothing but this swinging nonsense. Yeah, and, yeah, and it's yeah. complete and it's and it's complete nonsense. Tom Cruise. <laughs> here's what I'm gonna argue. Here's what I'm gonna argue. If I go to a restaurant and I'm there to have the best meal from the best chef, if there's one thing that ain't right, how can I trust anything else? <laughs> how can I trust? How can I trust if you Fundamentally, get it wrong, and there's a smear of excrement on the plate. You're telling me to brace my core neutral and hold it neutral? Is that what you're telling me to do? How yeah, can yeah, I yeah. trust anything else that you have to say? <laughs> so, so what? So th this is the stuff. So th I, I'm not. I, I, you can you can go on that all day long. But this is the thing: is if you look at David's stuff, he talks about this, right? So this content is everywhere on Wex stuff. Yes. So if, yeah, if you yeah, want to, yeah, yeah, yeah. if you want to go yeah. more into um, David's arguments against what traditional people are talking about for running, I couldn't encourage you more. I've been floored by every single thing that you ever said. I just want to get a little bit more on the idea because what I'm trying to do is ask you a question that I can't actually ask fully because I'm trying to go like philosophy wise. So okay. I think what people are doing in baseball is I think they aren't doing any sort of charge from the upper half at all. So I'm, I'm saying charge in like, how would you pulse down as you stride sideways to throw? How would you pulse down as you have a bat in your hand? And I don't think it's the same exact thing because it's it's not it's not as springy as running. It's not it's not like jumping. It's more of like this buildup of energy, right? And we have that's to let where, that that's where that's where rotational intent and the anatomy of your hands matters. Okay, and so go the, the my go-to expert. In the in the sport of baseball, my personal go-to expert is Marlon Bird. Everything yep. that I do with baseball, Marlon is my first phone call, and together we're literally revolutionizing techniques with ways to steal second base better, ways to like where we show that, out. show that right now. Okay, okay, I'll show that right now. So it's my favorite thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, and and faster is faster. You see, and all it takes is someone to like all it takes is people actually doing what works better for it to to become the reality so basically if the pitcher's there what i can do is i can coil i can coil and put myself in a position where it looks like i'm gonna get caught <laughs> where i'm where ricky henderson gets to <laughs> I'm, not, I'm not where he starts i'm where he gets to because i've coiled here so now my first my first action there's no false step it's boom I drive this shoulder 
and yep. I send it and I catch up and I hit a pulse and I'm running. Yeah. And I could beat Billy Hamilton for the first 10 feet. And everybody's teaching the drop step. Everybody's teaching the drop step. Yes, exactly. And they're not teaching you to run properly with a double down pulse for crying out loud. I mean, show, show them how to go back, though. Show them how to go back. Okay. Yes. So basically, what it is is when, when I'm here, right? When I go back, all I do is I guide this right hand pulse. Boom. I just. Yeah. 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 I just literally, I just, I'm, I'm here, I'm ready to go. Like, I got the jump and I got it, but I just poop. And I'll get back faster than you with your freaking conventional techniques. <laughs> and, 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 and this is, and, and David, this is what's so cool is I see, this is what's awesome about the pulsers. I mean it. If you just watch David move and then go try to copy him, the movement reveals itself when you have pulsers in your hand. Like, I don't have to know what I'm doing. It just shows me. Yeah. These, these things turned out better than we had thought they turned out. The only problem with them is they're loud. Like, they do make... Dogs hate me. Dogs oh, hate me. But, but, again, in a world that is so competitive, where you have guys willing to possibly put little red devices on their fucking chest, yeah. This is, this is a legal advantage. It's good for you. It's good for your kids. It's good for your mom. It's good for your dad. Honest physical education. That was a that your your audio gets really bad when you're loud. Um, just okay. Yeah, sorry. Sorry. <laughs> sorry. That, that was an Astros reference. If you didn't hear it. So I have the uh, I have the headphones on, so I don't even know how loud. Dude, I, I love the passion, David. I love yeah, the passion. Sure. It sounds like we we have a a, a similar idea of. Um, what we feel like is wrong, you know, like, it, well, you know, it, what, what, what's happened is, and I think in this coronavirus crisis that reveals bigger crisis, which is, okay, what are we going to do about the financial, the debt, the fact that every, you know, we, we got to reset humanity here. And so what we have to do is this is an, either an opportunity to fall prey to oppression and just completely unfair stamp the creative life out of human beings at all. Or we can start telling the truth to one another and build trust and a whole new relationship from humanity. And I think the second option's better. And physically, that's what's so powerful about this physically is this here sets the foundation. It's so democratic. We have one of our trainers has a step uh, has a, a foster child in Guam, and on the playground in Guam, she taught all the kids how to do this, which is some piece of rope that's laying around. And you take a good athlete and you give them like eight weeks of running these reps. I, I mean, it's just it's an alternating bilateral pattern where you get to fill it in. And you get to say, like, okay, what am I doing right there? What am I doing right there? Boom. Like, you have this replicable thing that allows you, to to ramp up your confidence. When you're not in the mood, trust me when I say, this is the most reliable, effective way when you're not in the mood. You're sore. You're not in the mood. This here. You just start doing it. It's literally like jump-starting the vehicle, if you shift your weight, you get the spirals going and you get that 
center of the storm and you're in the middle of it, you guarantee that you're organizing your brain's electrical energy through the motor sensory cortices to harmonize like that. And you can take this frontal cortex and say, hey, let me borrow some of that good feeling. Let me borrow some of that timing. Let me borrow some of that like, oh, oh, I haven't hit for three innings. Well, I can focus my mind and I can get in the batter's box and I can get on base. I mean, you think about baseball, it's such an amazing game. And I want to talk to you about throwing too, because the dart, when, when you watch Deion Sanders exist, okay? Deion Sanders exists with straight fingers. He's a straight finger guy because this right here springs all the mass of the arm and the hand, that. The tensional balance, and it's because the tendons that attach right here to this last joint, they start on muscles that are right here. Mm -hmm. But at this second joint, you're across the elbow. So if I do this here, you'll notice that guys like Jordan and, you know, guys like uh, Dion and Randy Moss, they don't do grab. They're not grabby. They're always this. They, they fold their fingers they don't grab your fingers because this right here cuts you off from using the spring action of the suspension system, the long tendons that cross joints. And so, and I noticed this when I discovered this position, the core fist, I was doing these winding and whipping drills where I was, I was winding up to that position here and whipping here. So I was, doing like this super fast, right? You know, and I would just gather to here, just gather it to there. And then Floyd Mayweather was fighting Shane Mosley back in 2010. And in the second round, he hit Mayweather and he hit him like, oh, he's gonna go down. And I jumped up so excited and I was here and I'm like, ah! and it turned out to be disappointing. He didn't, but then later that night, I went like that. I was like, oh, my God. You cannot make a better position in terms of the triangulation of the bones. Now, as soon as I felt that, it dawned on me, wait a minute. You can hit down and create an impact force that bounces you off the ground faster. And that's when I recognized, oh. That's what Dion does, Lawrence Taylor, Daryl Green, Walter Payton, like name guys, and you watch them in slow-mo, and that's what they do. Now, with throwing in football, quarterback takes the ball, right? And they get to throw in that nice way like this, where they never hurt themselves. And they have to stay, they have to stay tall because you can't finish and follow in the, you know, you get hit you got to throw it over the guys so that what they'll do is they'll post up the opposite hand here like this like it's on the football boom you'll see the hand go out in this extended here turns out that a baseball guy who's trying to get more rotation will most often take the glove and pronate the glove to create more rotation and then they'll supinate the glove and bring it in and hopefully down so that your mass is going forward. I'll show you from, from here. Yeah. So normally 
you in baseball you're going to take this and then that that's going to happen right so what we've done is we said all right instead of doing this let's dart and so right here that where you would be striking if it were a strike you you hit that and you torsion it extreme torsion meaning you're trying to turn it over it's it's you're trying to roll it over on itself uh, in yeah. pronation. Yeah, and that. now, and now, when I have that, and I just, I just let that drop without, without going to a supination, I can, it, and, and at Andrew Martinez, the time that, like, he did it the first time, I mean, the accuracy and speed both increased. And it's, it's a technique that if you practice it and you learn it, you're actually putting a You don't stupinate. There's no you rotation don't. in that movement. You you hold uh, yeah, you hold the you you hold the pronation as hard as you can. This uh, this arm is yeah, totally yeah. free. Yep. This yep. one this one this one you're dialing oh it. Oh my god. And then you're here, you tilt and yeah. the whole the I heard whole you I heard you say it the first time and then I just heard it a little bit differently. That's that makes so much sense. And look, the, the thing about it is when you do it right, you get a better result. Yes. So it's like, a lot of people turn this way too much. Like I, we see it all the time. John calls them like thumb flippers. We'll, we'll really exaggerate it where they're like going like that with it. Um, that's really interesting, David. The yeah, locomotion so, idea and, with that and, makes a lot of sense with me too. And, the pulsing and, down? No, with, with, the, with the thumb flip, right? Like when we're looking at energy and it's rotating – um, you know, we think of it like a fidget spinner. We're trying to stay on that line of rotation with both hands as it comes around. And we see when guys thumb flip, the angle to which they pull on that energy completely goes to yeah. off. Well, and what, what, accuracy. What, 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 what I found with it is from, from a tensional, like even this logo here, the, the, up down the, all around. the logo up, down, all around. It really, what represents this logo is this, position here so this sort of 360 degrees that you pronate and create 390 degrees so this here i'm longer with that pronation and it goes to this idea that i'm 11 is one and i'm across the center without crossing the center so 390 degrees because i have that extra 15 degree rotation on the circle, and that's it, it. It I know that's sort of confusing. No, not at all. Yeah, I understood it. Yeah, but, for sure. But but from a martial standpoint, if I can be across, if I can be across without being flanked, is the objective. And if you're being flanked on this side, I don't have the wherewithal to come around. I have to cut and intersect and reestablish. So if I'm here and you're flanking me, I have to reestablish the face force because you have to face the force. Do that one more time, slow motion at the camera. Oh, no. Someone's calling him. Phone call. One second. David Wex over here blowing our mind. Well, so, yeah, Good. phone call. I think we lost. Oh, he's going to have to jump in and out. Because okay. Is. Hold on. So, Hold on. We can't, we can't hear you. Hold on. So we just restart this. He just needs to jump back in. That's yeah. all he needs. I just kicked him out. He's just, sorry about that, guys. Um, David Weck, 
going over some impressive stuff here. So this is going to look like a swing is what I'm saying. So what he's about to do, um, I saw a swing. And so I want to see him show that again. I want to see what he says about the. Hey, sorry about that, guys. No, no it's all good. It ha it, sometimes in yeah. this stream, uh, if somebody calls, somebody calls me or calls you, it messes with audio. So you just got to jump out and jump in. Just the last thing okay. okay, so if I'm here and I'm being flanked, what I have to do is I have to intersect. So I have to cut. I have to cut to the That's center. hitting. That's hitting. That's hitting it, a baseball. It, it, exactly. It, it, because it's your hips. My father, when I was a little kid, my father, like I got over anxious when I got into the majors, right? You know, 12 years old or whatever. And in the first, in the first game, I was so over anxious that I was hitting the ball, but I was like swinging too hard with my arms. So my father goes like this. He goes, son, come on up to the field. We're going to go, you know, play hit. You're not allowed to swing. He goes, you have to just check swing. So the whole time I'm like, dad, I want to hit it. He's like, nope. You, all you're allowed to do is just check swing. And check swinging is, is your body weight. You've got to use your body weight to hit the ball, right? I mean, it just makes sense. And so the next game, that one little exercise of just make contact with your body weight. And then he said, swing away. And I tried to home run. <laughs> the very first time I got up at bat after that lesson. Because it's your shifting weight. And now going back to anti-rotation or tall, kneel, chop, you know, hold yourself, anti-rotate. It's like you would not teach that to the kid. Because you know what I mean? It's just like. You know, it's ah, and how, like why, how, no, kids, parents, it's no, and it's non-contact injuries. There's careers that have been destroyed. I hear these stories about pitchers tearing their lats. Like, how the hell you tear a lat? Like, I never even heard of that. Like, what? <laughs> you tear a lat. What the hell are you doing? And like, and all the micro stuff and minutia that, that, oh, let's focus on this and that. It's like, dude. Iron out the whole goddamn thing, and then you ain't gonna worry about any of that little nonsense. And then the little nonsense that, it, that you do, eight little nonsense, it's something that has meaning. It's not some drill that some guy who right. can't throw a baseball told you to do. Like, because he went to some seminar with some other guy told him that he doesn't know how to hit a baseball either. None yeah. of these guys know they don't know how to throw or hit baseballs, but they're striking. Yeah, yeah. So question. So um, I keep on saying I want to talk about the hands. You've talked a lot about the hands. I'm pretty sure that I stole this from you, um, that the hands are fast and coordinated. Can you tell me a little bit more about the brain's connection with the hands and how that um, plays into proprioception and performance? Yeah. So basically, there, there's, there's a concept called the homunculus, which is the image of a person or a being that is proportionate to the real estate of the brain for body parts. So in the homunculus man, it has a huge head with giant lips and mouth, nose, eyes, the sensory organs, right? Because that's a lot of brain real estate. And the hands on this homunculus, from a motor cortex standpoint, there's, there's nothing bigger except for the tongue and the mouth. Like the hands have so much real estate 
in the motor sensory cortices, which are sort of like the mid part of the brain. It's like it's two things connected by the corpus callosum. And the motor sensory cortices are like these channel, these channels that your hands dominate. It's like this is prime real estate in your brain is your hands. And it only makes sense. And your your genitals have a tremendous amount of sensory and your feet have motor and sensory. But now through, I think, evolution in the short term, we've basically designated our feet as locomotive assist principally, right? And you do everything else with your hands. And so the plasticity will only develop the real estate in the brain. So you'll only grow it that which you do, that fires together, wires together. So when you can organize the hands to move, and they're fast because you can whip a hand. I mean, the hand can go, the end of this, boom, that punch right there, that's going fast as I can blink my damn eye. So, so we, we, this is what's so interesting is, so when I met John, one of the first things he told me was I focus on the hands. I want the hands to move at the same time. So basically in sync, I want them to not cross. And then I want them to move past my front hip. Now, regardless of like, if we want to agree on exactly what we just said, the point is, is that I saw development happen faster than I had ever seen it. So very humbly speaking, the, the speed that we develop skill in throwing right now is on par with anything that I've seen in the industry. And we don't have the clout that a lot of other people do or the resources that a lot of people do. And so I've just been, I've been asking everybody, tell me more about the hands. How could this be, you know, how, what, what would make this make sense? And you're the only person that's helping me make it make sense. So I think, um, the, the only other thing I would say is I think that what's been so confusing for me is I think where they're making the mistake is the, the, the kinetic energy coming from the ground, like everything comes from the ground and they're no. missing how skill no, is no, developed. No, no, no I'm no, saying no, that that's the no, narrative no, that's right, making right. it confusing, right? That's what's making it confusing. The, pro- the problem with the narrative is it doesn't come from the ground. Right. In origin. You have to load to explode. So it, you know, you gotta, you gotta be able to, you have to. Okay. So let let me stand up for a second. Let me stand up. Okay. So I'm going to make some claims here. Okay. So we're teaching people like this. Okay. Now I like your dart idea. Very interesting. But I'm just talking about this position. And a lot of people in our industry are taking people short, right? Shortcutting this path, maybe even going straight to this position. Okay. And so my point is, they're missing out on this, right? Oh, they, yeah. So I, yeah. Even well, if this, you're not actually going yeah. like that, right? There yeah. is this into my back leg that's going to cause my leg to flex. I don't flex my leg and then throw the ball. Like, the act of me getting my upper half to start loading itself will make a chain reaction with my body. And, and I, Here, I don't here's, here's it. Okay. So basically, what you. You're on the right path because what it is, is it's, you have your body's weight and that's what you're working with. And so you have to use all of your body's weight to move your hand faster. 60% of your body is upper half. I've heard you say that. Okay. Well, yeah, that's like just to try. Yeah. I mean, pretty much right. 60% is upper half. It's just that that's just to try to get the average person to say like, Hey, what you do. Pay attention. the possibilities are right there for you to, to take advantage of when you understand the correct action. So basically, the, 
what allows you to move the hand very fast is the knowledge deep within the reptilian part of your brain that you can resolve the situation. So when you have correct rotational intent all the way down to the, the, the pronation, and, 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 and I use now the fourth finger as my register to, to long. Like, I mean, if I can get that thing to go long with the spiral, well, now it's just a matter of uh, putting it together with everything and, and getting that, that, that last little bit correct. And you don't have a prayer to get it correct. If you can't do this, like if you can't take this thing and move this thing around, like in different patterns and stuff, and you just like can't do it. Well, now you don't have just the fundamental figure eight. Like this thing is connected to my, to my core and the floor. So like, I know where, I know where it is. And I know that when I optimize one side and I create that verticalization and I optimize the other side, Oh, how am I going to use that? Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? So it's side bending is the start because it gives you progress without any effort. You just, if you're a four leg, if you're a four legged creature, you make progress simply by side bending. You didn't spend any calories to get here. And it just concomitant, you created a spiral and a spinal engine. And what we did is we turned, we just stood the spinal engine up, but it's the side bend and the side bend and the side bend that gives you the shift in the weight and the shift in the weight is what's the effortless part in it. It's to do that takes me no effort, but this idea of breaking it down to three planes of motion. Oh God. Yeah. It's just even that you're introducing mental hiccups to even like, why, why do we need to know any of this information other than it's a curiosity. If you don't understand the end functions, you're leading people down this, you know, down this path that's, it, it doesn't have a purpose. And so, you, and you have to sell it as it has a purpose. So now you start branding it. Oh, yes, this is for throwing, but you don't understand throwing. So how can you understand what you're doing to teach me to throw when you can't even throw? You, it's just, it, and, and, and just because you can have success with one person doesn't mean that that's the best that they could do. You know what I mean? Like, it, we, we don't want to be satisfied with the known. We want to exceed the expectation. And you think of the chat, mankind did not throw stones for very long. You were slinging stones and you were throwing sticks. The act of throwing a baseball is really, really, really difficult on your body at the highest levels. If you're being asked to try to do it a hundred miles an hour, well, you're at the limits of what the tissues can even handle. And in nature, we never were doing that with that many reps. And it's interesting because you'll get these equations of locomotion, swinging and throwing are the holy trinity of functions that all must coexist for human beings to harness the sticks, the stones, the ropes, the fire, the secret of plants, the dogs of war, 
and then everything else. I mean, that's these are the fundamental building blocks of of what makes us who we are. And the throwing is something that you can do that more intensely, more reps than sprinting, but swinging, you can swing all afternoon long. Justin James is a, a world champion long drive golf guy who I helped significantly win the title in 2017. From 216 miles an hour ball speed to 227 to win with a world record in the event on 2017. Right. And it was by saying, hey, look, we're going to take out all of the anti-rotation nonsense and we're going to do coiling core and use the RMP club and get you swinging. He'll go to a practice. Sometimes his best rep is number 200. Hitting the golf ball off a tee. Sometimes it sometimes he'll take 200 reps and he's hitting it further at 200 reps than he did. So it's a there's there's something about it that's harmonious when it's perfect right throwing ain't that overhand throwing you quarterbacks don't hurt their shoulders because they don't have the burden of having to be here if you got to be behind a baseball it's it's an art form and we're only going to get better at it people such as yourselves laying the heat on the experts who don't have an answer you see that's what's so interesting is the experts who teach what is known, if what's known is not optimal, well, then they're behind already. But so you just, place. you just said behind the baseball, but then you've talked so much about how rotation can happen like in a motion, right? And it's like, oh my God, because we, I've talked a lot about how people talk about just that, that move in general. So that moment as the ball's coming out of our hand, if we're actually rolling through supination to pronation, you can time it where you're behind the baseball only when you need to be behind the baseball. Right? Yes. And that, yeah, listen, I personally haven't, what I haven't figured it out to the point where I would be satisfied that I figured it out, but I did figure out that I can throw the ball more accurate and faster with less wear and tear. Yeah. When I, when I, when I dart and I use my whole body. So I'm using, <laughs> I, I, I get the dart, I tilt the dart, and it's my whole yes. my whole, bot, my whole when, when you When you talked about the verticalization of that, I brought that back immediately, right? Yes. That, that was yes. so easy, yes. right? And, yes. and verticalization, that's exactly what it is, verticalization. Yeah. So and you, and, you verticalize yes. on the back leg, and, you, and you, you have to make a forward move, but as you're moving forward, you stay, you verticalize the backside, and then you shift to your front side, and you verticalize right there. So yes. I, that, that was... And this is the crazy thing, David, is like, this is the benefit that we get working with eight-year-olds and 30-year-olds is that some of my eight-year-olds express that verticalization with, they're not even trying, right? They just do it. And then I see high schoolers and college players that have been taught out of that, you know, like the lack of head movement. And it's not the lack of head movement. It's when does the head move, right? And how is the head Yes, moving? yes. Listen, So, what has, hap what has happened, what has happened is... The cooks in the kitchen are in desperate need of, of new ingredients and new information. And we're, this is, this is, and I think I'd be, well, no, this is a great take on what I'm doing with my fundamental exercise is at the fundamental level, the locomotion level, is I'm saying it's a great take under and you have no choice because faster is faster. I was, yeah. I, you know, I, I, I put on a lot of antics. 
and a whole lot of stuff that I was, you know, personally injured and hurt that my BOSU ball has taken so many slings and arrows over the years that's so unfair. And it hurts me financially. It hurts and it hurts people. It's just not. And, and it's a bunch of bullies who don't like the BOSU ball. And there's, there's hundreds of thousands of them out there. And they post like campaigning against the BOSU ball because it inures them with the narrative that anti-rotation is the thing that you have to do. So I'm probably the world's greatest crusader against anti-rotation. And, and I'm not crusading against as much as I'm saying, look, I have the solutions. Like, it's not, I'm not just pointing out problems. I'm saying we can eliminate yeah. and, and the non-contact injuries. I mean, especially like, and it's going to be, it's going to be a big come to Jesus for the, for the coaches who teach incorrect 2020 was going to be a big year for them anyway yeah. because this is getting known. But now, like, it's just going to be – there's going to be no taste for the willful ignorance of yesterday because it's like, why – dude, it's – you have so to think about let, – let, let, me, let me give you another one here. So I know one of the first things I learned from you, just the green dot, okay? And, yeah. and so I have – this has been – the funny thing about your stuff, David, it just honestly, is it's hard for me to articulate what I know to be true. Right. So it's so obvious when, when I saw you walk, like you did a LeBron impression. And when you, when you, you know, when you try to be somebody else and are so good at it, I'm like, I know, I don't know what I'm looking at yet, but I know exactly what I'm looking at yet. You know what I mean? Um, so anyway, the, the green dot part, um, I want you to somehow, I don't know how to say it, but the, the heel part, right? Everybody's saying drive through the heel, drive through the heel. And when you talk about the green dot, I think that gives some, I don't even know how to say it. You can, you can talk about it better, but the driving through the heel and where you are on your feet, go into that, please. Okay, so basically, you need to harness the power of the posterior, the power of your heel, and your fourth and fifth toes, the metatarsals right behind the toes, they do that. They're connected to the heel, and they extend and leverage the power of the heel so that you can be in the ball of your foot with the power and substantial nature of your heel, the ground floor. And it's just, that's anatomy, okay? And it's the outside ball of the foot. It's the green dot. It's where that initial contact of an athletic foot will happen, okay? Because you need to have substantial skeletal support in order for you to, to not fail, right? And the problem is the people dive into pronation too early because they don't. First of all, your gait is something that is it's it's as it's as difficult as playing the piano to do it well. Right. So anybody can sort of, you know, bang on the keys and you can recognize the tune. But to do it so it feels good and you actually like it, it doesn't hurt. It's nutritive and generative. Well, you need like. You need guidance, at least I did, and yeah. I and I and I came into finding this on the Bosu Dome. There's a power zone on the Bosu Elite when you put your feet back, and you're you're in the power zone. So your toes are at that power line, or just you know, an inch forward of it. You reference you know what feels best for you, but you have this cocking of the spring into the dorsiflexion, but it's not dorsiflexion only. 
There's the downward slope from the inside heel to the outside ball of the foot. That's a downward forward action. Your weight has to be moving forward in your base to the outside fourth toe is the reference point. And now your weight distribution is such that you're forward of the calcaneus. And then when you put the drop on, you have a shin angle that is productive. And this is, it's, it's so subtle that if you put a grain of sand inside your shoe, you'll feel the irritation. It'll mess up the timing of the whole thing. And with a shoe on your foot, it's really hard to figure it out. And picture like sex with a condom versus sex without a condom. And now think about like, take out a splinter with rubber gloves on. I mean, it's just, you don't have, you can't feel, you can't feel, right? So we have this conundrum, this problem that the shoes prevent you from feeling like if you just ran on a sidewalk barefoot, there's a certain amount of just right now intelligence that's going to, that's going to, that's going to reduce the, the harmful impact and translate it into a manageable impact where if it's the hydraulics and, and everything's suspended correctly, it can actually be nutritive where you're building bone tissue and it's good for you, but it's a subtle, subtle line. And when the shoe prevents you from even understanding that, which it does, and I'm even a good barefoot shoe. If you, you put it on, you don't, you don't have the pattern yet. So, and then the shoe protects you from not doing it correctly. And then you don't pay attention. You don't notice for 20 years because it doesn't matter, but it's 1% off, 2% off, whatever it's off. And, and suddenly problems manifest. You have TMJ, you have all this stuff because you're not resolving the fundamental pressure every single step you take. And I just had an acute experience of that weakening my feet with rollerblades to the point where I couldn't even walk barefoot. I, my feet were so weak. Then when I hurt my back, I'm always compensatory tension because I couldn't let go and let, let yourself just be substantial to send the force. There's something so satisfying about mm, completing, boom, the, the power. You're actually, boom, it's good. And it's hard to learn. And, and, so, and so now you're being taught in your exercise program that you need to brace yourself neutral as the departure point for all other things because we have to honor the barbell. It's just like, and, and then and then you're 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 doing drills like you do sprinter. You watch Jesus like and 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 the, even the great athletes fall prey to this. You watch that's like, so sad, like, man. You you watch someone like a Deshaun Jackson warming up to run. He does a whole bunch of this stiff, like, you know, holding himself like this. And then when he goes to run, it's, it's, it's this. It's just like you could just eliminate the whole fucking warm-up because you're not warming up. You're actually setting the seeds for injury with disjointed, like, okay, three planes of motion. Like, if you start introducing cortical tasks and demands into the movement itself, be very careful because you're only messing it up. So trying to even isolate and train, oh, we're training this, you know, plane. You're only doing that because you don't know the end functions that you should be training. You don't know locomotion. You teach that all wrong. And you don't know the sports specific thing either. 
the, the strength coach is going to lose his position on the team. It's not even a very well-paid position, frankly, most of the time, right? And the big stars don't even train with that trainer. They train with their other trainer. Right. So, who do you think right now is outside of wet method? Who do you like in the industry? Who's doing a good job training? I'll tell you who's doing a great job training is Tyler Ray. He's he does jump training, Project Pure Athlete on Instagram. Tyler Ray. He does vertical jump training. He's great. He's doing a great job. I agree with what he teaches. If our work coincides, he actually uses wet method as fundamental building blocks to his teaching. And it's what I like is I like it because it's a measurable thing. It, jumping is sexy. I used to practice it all day long when I was 18 years old. I mean, dude, I could dunk a volleyball because I, you know, practiced a lot. Yeah, yeah. And, T- and tell you know, tell people about Donnie Thompson. Oh, Donnie Thompson. So Donnie Thompson is the world's first guy to to officially lift 3,000 pounds in a powerlifting competition. That means a bench press a deadlift, and a squat for a total weight move, 3,000 pounds. He's the first guy to do it, and he did it twice. Now, the, the controversy is that he wears a suit to do it, like it was suited lifting, that the, the power lifting went to suit so you, could, so you could do that much weight. But nevertheless, Donnie Thompson is a guy who he's, he's, a, he's just a magnetic personality who's always seeking to solve problems and, it, and and accomplish great things. He played football. I played football. So we relate on that level where you're willing to sacrifice yourself for the game or the sport. And so powerlifting, if you're going to go in those rarefied air, you, it's a battle to not get a hernia and not pull your, you know, tear your pack or whatever. Those will end the game for you. Um, and he invents like body tempering. That's using heavy weighted cylinders. Tell, tell people about that. Because I we've actually, we know a guy, Nick Batts, at our old gym. Um, he's also certified through you guys um, with body tempering. So we've been introduced to it. And I know that you talk a lot about, um, I've seen everybody yeah. just sit on the, them, you know, the, with the bung. Tell the us best. more about that. So with body tempering, what's great about body tempering is you're able to approach your release work where the nervous system gets to be at absolute zero, as opposed to if you lie down on top of a foam roller, there is some effort being done by you to prop yourself, right? And there's some inconsistency on the pressure of that thing as it's discomfort, like you actually will increase tension and move yourself. So there's a lot going on, whereas body tempering, you literally just let the weight do the work. And so you, can fundamentally bring your nervous system down to lower activity. And it's, you know, the irradiation of force. If you're gritting your teeth somewhere, well, guess what? It's irradiating. So the idea that you can reach that point where the tissue is being just pressed to, to like just take the sponge and take all of it out and you haven't, you don't have any residual tension within yourself that's preventing you from getting those last little things out. And it's the subtlety and nuance that makes all the differences. That's the, the edge of change is, is like, it's like coaxing, catching a butterfly. Like you're, you're, you're playing with the nervous system. It's, it's this thing where it's a delicate dance. And so body tempering is just a genius application. Now who would think to put a hundred pound roller on your body, right? Who right. would think? But it's 
therapeutically, you'll get much more bang for your buck doing that to both prep, prime, recover than you will from doing a foam roll. What if, what, what if, what's the stuff with the lung? I, I feel like you've said the top of the thigh is connected to the lung. Oh, well, the top of the thigh is basically your, your stomach meridian goes down your thigh. So your, your young, young meridians go down and your stomach is the only young meridian. It starts on the face, the stomach, and it comes down, hits the, hits the nipple, comes down here, and then it comes down the front of the leg, the stomach out on the outside here. So your quad is your stomach meridian. And just in the, in the sauna here, so what I do in my sauna is I have a body tempering roller in here because it's just a, and I got the wag steps in there. Yeah. So, because otherwise it's, it's a small sauna. This is only an apartment. So I, you know, I yeah, only I have 110. Yeah. So I kill two birds with one stone and it's nice too. When the body tempering roller gets warm, it's, it's more fun to handle. Like you can, you can roll it around on yourself when it's warm, it feels better, but it's, um, and it's, you know, you got heated up, but it's, what I like about that and, and fat bells, the, the dumbbells that aren't dumbbells, they're like, Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, these are his inventions. And I just love, I love innovation. And I love, I love people who they have a certain amount of irreverence in the sense that they are reverent to what's true and not what is you know known and what is said and believed to be. And challenging the status quo with something that is superior, when I recognize a kindred soul in Donnie Thompson who's introducing wonderful things just through ingenuity, like, yeah, you want to align with those people. Yeah, man. Um, we, but I so... Would, but I would, but I, I, would, I would, let me just also say, I created something called FFT, which is leaning on elastics. Oh, yeah. Where... You see this here? Yeah, I've seen so you do it. I, that, tell me more about that. Yeah. So so this right here, and you want to talk about Marlon Bird and the baseball, like this right here, when you're leaned here, I can turn off the nervous system, all effort, so it's truly effortless skeletal suspension on the 45, 4 to 5. So if I come here, Right here, I'm literally doing nothing, and the release work that goes through me is finding the floor right now. So it's a release yeah. that's like, like the transmission of the force is going where it's going where I want it to go, which is the floor. I'm on this acceleration angle that, like, the carpet slip. But you see how I can be right there, and I can just be poised. Yes. I'm like, I'm here, and I yep. know. Oh, another phone call. Okay, so while while he gets back on, what? Because we can't hear you, so you're going to have to jump off, but I'll tell him what you were doing. So I've done this. I've gone down there, and um, I've been on the WEX steps. And so the WEX steps are pitching you slightly up and slightly supinated like this. Okay, so you'll even see. So when he's talking about the Bosu ball, he's talking about getting his uh, toes higher than his heel and then rotating them out. Um, so when he's in this right now, I've actually experienced that. I'm, I'm just getting them updated of what I've felt in that. 
So I've done this up against the wall because I've seen Davis, David doing this. And I have issues in my ankle and my feet where like my, I stand on my right pinky toe and I have released that multiple times by doing something like obviously not with that, but it, it, this is crazy and it makes my back feel better. It takes tension yeah. off my shoulders. Like it, it's unreal. So the things that you've taught me just from like the foot and moving up from that, um, it's unreal, man. I was on the wet for like 15 minutes one day at your place and it was like, damn, so many things feel so much better. So, and then it's just learning how to do that creatively, right? No. Yes, and 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 that's the thing about it is, it doesn't come from the ground. You deliver it to the ground, and it's the manner in which you deliver it, the package, the structural shape of the package, the pressurization of the package makes all the difference. Because otherwise, just jump off the building and land on the ground. You'll get a big force plate impact, but you ain't gonna go up at all, <laughs> or you're gonna bounce and it's gonna be not pleasant. So the the, the thing about it is what, what's going to end up happening, and this is why I appreciate this time with you guys and geeking out, is that it is, it's the geeks who care about what is true and, and have now come to an impasse where it's like, okay, we know that what is being taught and paraded around as the best is not in fact the best. And so now you got to go to the well and you got to start asking deep, deep questions and examine the syllabus of your study. If you've told athletes it comes from the ground, well, you've been misinforming them. Everything comes from the ground up. Well, actually, no, we put it down to the ground and then it comes up. And that's a very important detail. That means we're not going to be bracing neutrals zip up your core hold yourself stiff like all this bullshit is gonna go away and we can as an industry we can we can finally be communicating with each other as opposed to having an industry that's imbalanced where you have those with authority misinforming other human beings and that's where it's like, oh, well, whoa, you know, who says you're right? Well, I would say that the clock says I'm right. And that reasonable, honest, hardworking people say that I'm right. And it's only those who've been misinformed who say that the people who are misinforming are right. And it hurts. Nobody likes to, 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 nobody likes to learn that what they know is not true. Let, let me let me just inject myself in here because I'll say this, man. Like, uh, you have to let you have to. There, there needs to be some sort of exploration and training, period. And just the fact that that doesn't exist in so many programs, right? The freedom to figure things out, right? And and so I've just been so impressed with that. I've been so impressed with how you you create context. This isn't just like you're not just talking about your opinions. You're, you're creating context like historically. Um, it's just, it's so impressive. So I, I know not everybody that, that watches this is going to understand where we're coming from and that's cool, you know, but I, I really appreciate how open and honest you are with how you're going through it, what Weck Method is all about. I mean, your team is unbelievably impressive. Um, the, team, the, te the, team, the team is really, the key is that if I didn't have the team, I would still be very successful, but I would be sort of a kooky, crazy 
you know, it would be a little niche thing and it, it would be super high performers. But what it is, is I have a team that anchors this to the practical reality, which is most people don't have the, the amount of time that I have to geek out. And can you, you can know, you tell me about Chris? Because I want to know how oh, you know Chris, because Chris yeah, is it's, unreal. It's, well, it's such a great I mean, they're all story. unreal, but. Yeah, it's such a great story. And it basically, so what happened was I'm very good friends with Chris Daly at S10 Fitness. And Chris and I are colleagues who we, we, we love nothing more than to get together and geek out. I mean, you know, and so Chris, this was back. Can we, uh, can we come to the next one of those? By the way, I want to geek with you. I have so many oh, questions yeah. that oh, I want to ask yeah. you about. And I want to know, I mean, like you continue right now. I'm going to ask some stuff at the end though, because Perfect. like yes. the my brain is the on fire. I haven't been talking very much because I've been listening, but I am pinging through the roof right now. Well, the, the answer is yes, absolutely. Because you see, I view when we march out of this crisis, one of the opportunities we have is we have billions of souls to uplift and billions of minds and bodies to physically educate. Because we can't, nor should we, force anybody to think anything. But we provide them with the God's honest information that if you want to better yourself, well, here is the formula. And there are certain rites of passage, this being front and center, where if you don't do the reps, well, you haven't earned the right to be as fluid as you're going to be when you just do the reps. And that's, that's on you. Now you know. And that, like, it's going to be a, I want to make it a, you know, I want to still dial in the competitive part of this, right? Because the problem with competition and railing against all the problems is you make it all Pollyanna nonsense, you know, Nerf football. Oh, well, we're not allowed to tackle. Okay. Yeah. That's one way to solve a problem that doesn't solve the problem, right? There have to be winners. There have to be losers. And right now we need the truth more than ever to to inhabit the physical bodies of human beings because it gives that person the chance to now resonate with a common harmony as their neighbor who's also interested in optimizing themselves using the electrical frequency that can be generated by spinning those hands and figure eights, listening to a song you like, training with someone you're doing, getting so good at something that should literally just be muscle memory in every single person. You don't even need to teach it. It's just something that human beings do is where I want to take this to because then we can all live a better life. It's like if you're going to be a gatekeeper to exercise where like a person is going to pay you and wait to begin until you give attention to them. No, that's yesterday's personal trainer. We need coaches. We're giving you the information, you do the work, of course, and we coach you, right? It works this way. I'm not here to babysit you and parade around and pretend that I know some protocol that, oh, we do this, and yes, we do this, and we do this. Like, that is done. But the problem is it's not done, but the problem is we can solve it so easily, and it's the, and it's the mindset, and this is where I'm shifting gears. I'm not trying to be mean to anyone in fitness. Whereas before this crisis, I was frankly want to know before this crisis, I was like any motherfucker out there. You want to deny this shit? I'll fucking plow your ass under the 
fucking ground. You keep your opinion the way it is because you're going down, motherfucker. Now, now the result is still the same, but now I'm not saying it that way. What I'm saying now is enough is enough, guys. I'm just trying to get attention to point to the truth to solve a common problem that we can literally through better physical education, better physical education, we can change the world and paint a future that's better for me and you and our kids. Now, Chris Chamberlain, here's Chris Chamberlain, comes into my office because, you know, we knew each other through, we, you know, we introduced or whatever to Chris Daly. He reached out and whatever. It's like, you know, hey, I want to come in. And I was like, yeah, great. Come on in. I'll show you, you know, I was going to, I was going to show him the Royal coil and he came in and he's just, I love him. He's a, he's such a pure human being. He, he is so honest. He is just so honest. There's absolutely no bullshit, no pretense, nothing. And so I show him the Royal coil and he leaves, he goes home and he presses a bent press with a kettlebell that he couldn't do that. He's been trying a number of times to do and couldn't do. I showed him how to coil. He hopped in, he pressed the thing and it was easy. He's like, okay, there's something to this crazy guy. So he came back and he would just, it, it, he did this for several weeks. He would just come in once a week. I'd be like, all right, where are you at with the rope? And then like, I, I give him something to do. He would go do more homework. He was like me. And like, I, I got all day. I got mailbox money. I'll roll that damn thing. I, as soon as I recognized that this would turn me into someone who you can't just go up and punch me in the nose, I rolled the ropes to get the reps in me <laughs> to make the muscle memory. I learned, like, I learned this. Like, I have I've thrown a million punches into Like, I can punch something and break it with that. So, when I was at WAC Method last time, David punched, uh, like, a bench. And it oh, went in yeah. like a quarter inch. Yeah, and then later he's like, hey, look at my knuckle, bro. <laughs> that, that was a, it, it, what happened was oh, around that time, I remember that. That was around like late 19, early 2020. I was so raging. I was so like fueled up and angry with all the bullshit that I punched twice something that you shouldn't punch, which is wood that's not like wood that's anchored to the cement fucking ground and you punch it and I put a big dent in that damn thing. Like I did damage. And so now I'm like just coming back. So now I, I, I'm much more lighthearted now, but the, intens <laughs> the, the intensity is still there. And I think really what it is, is we all fundamentally need to feel safe in order for us to grow. Right. You, you, you need to feel safe. And when, well, this is the thing. Okay, so I, I got to stick up for you for a second because if somebody stole as much money as people have stole from you from the Bosu Ball and how they disparage it, like I don't know how I would keep my shit together. I'm just saying, like I, I, I know that I'm a little bit more open-minded. I'm a little bit more open-minded. I have some patience, and and this is the thing is like I, I just don't I don't see how people don't understand that, David. I'm just I'm just saying it's, that. it's, it's crazy. What, it, what, what, it, what it is is now it's because. What it is, is I listen to a lot of Alan Watts and like this idea of the Godhead and have you. I went through, I lost my mind three times. Okay. So, but my background is this. I'm the first child of four and I was doted on and adored by a father who has a narcissistic 
trend where he didn't want to live vicariously through me. I was the second coming that he was, you know, here to protect and to raise. Like that's the pressure that was put on me. The standard of excellence was unattainable. And, but the love was amazing. So, and my mother didn't work. She just cared for the kids. So my first 19 months of existence, I didn't realize that I wasn't the second coming. Everything that I did was lauded and applauded and praised. And I was given every advantage. And like he, like my father would, I, they took me to the zoo and I liked the lions. So he would put all this like, you know, fortified, you know, Omega oils and shit in my milk when I was a little baby and tell me it's lion's milk, David. The lions drink this. So I would drink it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like until I realized I just want regular special milk. It didn't <laughs> none of that. <laughs> so, but anyway, like I come from that and okay, now you dropped into this competitive world. And I was really good at everything I did when I was little. And so I was like six years old before I realized like, holy shit, I'm not the best. Like I lost the foot race to these two kids at my great aunt's house in Maryland one day. And I just didn't register. I'm like, holy fuck, like I can't beat these kids. <laughs> They're better than me. And so I had a crisis, like <laughs> a big crisis. It's like, I'm not the best. And then, you know, nobody's meaner than school kids. You know, you go around, it's like, you know, it's just, it, you're thrown into this thing. and. It, I'm suburban New Jersey, you got every advantage, like you're supposed to get good grades, you know, play sports, go get a good job, you know, you know, it's so I went to, I played football and football. My father didn't let me play when I was young because I was skinny. And by the time high school came around, I was rebelling to the point where like, you know, if you don't let me play football, you know, I'll, I'll go crazy. So I played football from freshman year to through senior year in college and I played it as serious as if I were going to the NFL. Like I played it with that kind of commitment because I was, you know, a, came from an upper middle class where they could support that. So if football was my life, I didn't go on vacations in the summertime to the Grand Canyon and places because I'd miss two weeks of like, you can't miss four fucking leg workouts preparing for the goddamn season. You're kidding me? Like, I can't go to the Grand Canyon. Huh? You know, like it was, <laughs> I'm playing football. <laughs> so Football gave me this discipline, and it also, I got into Williams College. I graduated with honors in political economy. My plan was to cover my ass so that I can go get a high-paying job out of college. I'll work at a bank or consulting, or maybe I'll be a Rhodes Scholar, or maybe be a congressman. Like, these were just like, what are you going to do with your life? And then when the time came, it was like, Holy shit, I, got, I, I did a summer intern down on Wall Street working on the trading floor at Bankers Trust. And I was like, this is not what I'm going to do because I'll, I'll, I'll lose my soul chasing the money, right? I, I don't want to win that game, but I want the money. So I, I became an actor and just personal trainer. And I, I, I you know, what I, so in, in my personal training was just by my wits. And I was a good trainer because I cared. I wasn't a good trainer. I was just a good trainer because I cared. And I was, you know, <clears throat> had, <clears throat> you know, help, help people get in shape. And, and, but I didn't, I wasn't a trainer. I wasn't identified myself as a trainer. I was an actor. I was, I was someone who's, you know, trying to be famous with something that makes you known and important in some way. And thank God I didn't do it as an actor 
because then I'd be tied into that, you know, I mean, then you're waiting for someone else to call you and give you a job, which is the worst. But so, and I, and then my athletic inadequacy always gave me an, a, a, I work harder. In college, I would spend 20 hours watching film, 20 hours watching film. I was watching games for more than 10 years before. Because if I see it on film and then I see it on Saturday and recognize it, well, then I'm going to intercept the ball. Like, did, you know, the prize was so great to be able to beat people who are better than me. Like, if you, if you literally, like, I would pay attention. Like NFL, the, the reason why guys like Tom Brady so smart is because they play with their head and they can make decisions very quickly. That's all the game is now. It's you have to fool the person. And so I was playing on that level back when other people at Division Three weren't playing on that level. And I still have records on the board at Williams College, the longest interception for touchdown. Literally, <laughs> 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 I'm still on the record board at Williams College. We, my team was the first undefeated, untied team in the history of the college dating back from 1793. So I take tremendous pride in, in excellence. Oh, in you're on defense. I was because yeah because I, I, I oh I thought, I thought you I thought you were saying that you threw the longest interception oh no 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 I caught the longest that's interception why I, I, that's why I laughed yeah. no 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 no, oh, no 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 I would I my coach used to say you play defense because you can't play offense he's, you know, yeah. he's just very you're you're playing division three because there is no division four like you yeah. know <laughs> <laughs> get over yourself dude they're brutal aren't they? <laughs> Do you want to ask him some things? Yeah. Um, so I want to go back to the throw if we can. Um, and you yeah, can talk yeah. about throwing and, and stuff from there. And so you brought up like how you can swing all day, right? Yes. And this is a little bit more of a personal question and maybe you can pull some light out of it. Um, the idea of the rubber arm is, is rather intriguing to me because before my injury and after my injury, I was able actually to re reobtain this rubber arm feeling, right? Um, there was a, a funny thing where um, I'm playing in TJ and on a Sunday in an amateur game, I don't know what inning it is. We're in the championship. So I'm just trying to win like you're talking about. And I'm in the 13th inning and I didn't even know it. Um, I, I think wow. I, I ended up throwing like 170 pitches or something. Um, to your point on the locomotion and everything from there, is there a way that you – that the capacity of that efficiency makes sense to you? Like, I, that's the only way I can ask it because I've heard these stories of my, like, I, you know, on the other side of it, I'm rehabbing back, right? And I'm throwing at this junior college back in Florida where I'm from. And we, we have the number because it was a drill thing, right? I threw 185 pitches in a row as hard as I could. And I didn't drop below 90 miles an hour. And to me, my fitness level was just so high. I was training my butt off and everything, but my throwing fitness was up. Um, how do you explain that, like, efficiency and fatigue um, to, to what, I, what some of these things that you were talking about? What, I mean, what I would say is it sounds like, the, the to use a metaphor, is the rifle of your barrel is really, really smooth so that you just know – where to be, when to be at that, at that pivotal moment when the deceleration of the whole thing, you're just, you're, you're doing it smooth to stay above 90 for that many pitches. 
you're using you're doing mechanics correctly in order to exist at that because you're not doing the the you're 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 doing enough right things that you're not putting that stress into the system where you're muscling through it and overpowering it. So that's like because you hear the stories of like Satchel Page. And yeah, my, like my, crazy. My, my, that's your double my, headers in the same day. Like no, what? Well, there you go. You see, and that's and that's where like my daughter's name is Paige, and it derives because I was so inspired by Satchel Page. And what I love most about Satchel Page was his efficiency. Like he has a famous quote where he's like, "Don't run if you can walk. Don't walk if you can stand. Don't stand if you can sit and lie down." <laughs> like he's being like lazy, and there's something so pure about being physically lazy yet dominant over everybody else around you. Like, that's yeah. the best. I mean, come yeah. on, right? Because you're not hurrying up and wasting energy. You're just like, what am I going to do? I'm going to do it really, really smooth because every second counts. And so it sounds like you, through whatever, just, you know, you, you lucked into it. You had that experience. And so it's the, the key then, I think, is maintaining that as you boost up everything. So, you know, yeah. the danger, the danger would be to have someone say, Oh, I know what you need to do. You need to do this exercise over here, get yourself and then mess up the timing on your, on, on your, on the rifling of your barrel. Yeah. So I, I, the way I like to explain it is like, I've done so much research on this, especially, you know, I, I broke my elbow pitching in college, came back from a few surgeries and, and, when I got back playing and I was able to get my velo back up and, and make my way through it, I was able to play in Mexico and I met some very interesting pitchers uh, that were so against everything that I was taught. Um, and, and every one of them were, were Latin, right? I played with five guys that threw a hundred miles an hour and they were doing these things. And so one of the things that I had noticed, I told about Cass. And so when we have the rules of throwing, we're talking about, one of the things that I feel like that really makes me efficient is I don't try to stop my arm. I will try to let gravity do it. I, I, I don't try wait, to wait, decelerate wait, 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 wait. What you just said, is somebody out there telling you how to slow down your arm? That, that's exactly. So like well, even using the word decelerate, the decelerators, yeah. right? There's a school yeah. of thought yeah. in the no, throw no, yeah, where you're trying. That is, that, is so, that is so stupid. The decelerators are... What it is is they're balancers. They're not slowing shit down. They're they're winding it out to let it keep going fast until it winds itself out. The spiral resolves the circle. So basically, the, That's good. if I'm dude, no, oh, that hurt. Okay, hey, so, but, but Max Scherzer, by the way, you should yeah, Max yeah, yeah, Scherzer yeah. doesn't actually always like follow through with his torso like we usually suggest. But there's pitches where he'll go so far this way. It's unreal. And he has some weird and he has to too. But, but that but that but longer is stronger because there's no slack. If it's there's the no longest slack. it can possibly if you just it's the longest it can possibly be, and it has to rotate to be long. You can't go straight. If you try to go straight, you're not going. It has to be long. And oh, I mean this is 
So uh, let me let me ask a little bit further. So there there's actually a thing, right? These guys, uh, um, it's called the conio finish, right? It's a it's a it's not a defined term. It's not a, it's not a defined movement, but it is though in the re in like literally in the Dominican Republic, Venezuela, and Mexico, right? And basically, what it is, if you reach your throwing hand as far as you can past your left hip, there's a max range of motion, and especially when you go with maximum force to that, right? Yes. And there's that recoil to it to where your arm bounces back and it comes straight up like this. And you see so yes, many Latin yes, guys do it. Yes, and now yes, I do it because I just don't try to stop my arm. And so yes, we, yes. we're seeing this happen more and more with these guys that throw max intent. You know what I mean? Listen, it's the only way that it can be done is by not putting on brakes. It's sort of like, like I, my son, my son, was 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 on his skateboard he he used to skateboard and he had gotten to the point where he could roll into half pipes and do you know a few moves on the skateboard he hasn't done it in a few years and we went out yesterday and you know he's so he's a little rusty on it and i'm telling him i'm saying like remember it's full commitment is the game right so if you're going on a half pipe and you're apprehensive that's what fall. That's what makes you fall. You have to go. Like you're going. If you're throwing, you're throwing. The and if you're trying to slow your arm down, it means that you don't have a. The, you haven't defined your runway. You don't. You, you're jumping without a landing mat. And so I, I would say it's down. something that's. It's. It's not even. It's not so much that it's being taught. It's that it's. It's so allowed. Right. So, you know, one of the things that John brought up right when we met was how many guys will stop rotating and that causes their arm to run into their body to follow mm -hmm. through. Like there's there, there should be nothing in the way of the arm going. Right. And it's really interesting that that's not even in the conversation, David. Right. So when you're talking about not, you know, not slowing down, people aren't having this. So I'll just give you some context to it. Right. Everybody is worried about like being able to put a number on it and there has to be peer reviewed research. And so everything is like going to be delineated into what's important and what's not important. And the problem is, is that the deceleration and how people finish the move isn't going to have high correlation to numbers. But this right. is where I'm saying that this isn't just about did I throw it as fast as I can and did it go where I wanted to? It's like, can my brain actually understand how to reprocess that and do it over and over and over again in a way that like it wants to and it's not trying to. So it's just, it's so interesting that it's, all I have to do, David, is get the hell out of baseball and I find that it's so obvious, right? Movement is yeah, movement. Yeah, and, yeah. you know, I know not everybody understands movement like like you do. But anyway, that's just kind of where well, that's this, context. This, 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 this gives me, because you guys have more specialized expertise in throwing. You spent more time thinking about it and doing it than me, right? So what I, I can look at something and I know if it makes sense. And from what you're describing is like, wouldn't it be wonderful where we can redefine it and kids are encouraged to go by feel and especially in the younger years, don't even, don't even clock the goddamn thing at first, right? That's don't go for the number, go for the consistency and the, and the feeling that you're not sore. And it's so, and, and it's biomechanics and it, 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 this idea that something needs to be peer reviewed what I want to do is I want to hold the peers who are doing the reviewing accountable to the work they've done to now.
because I don't need them to review my work. In fact, I don't want them to review my work with their peer analysis because they don't, they don't deserve it. it. Peer review, peer review. It just so happens that, that in, at least in the exercise world, the number one organization for all the research owes CrossFit about $4 million. Okay. So we're talking about like a hit job where a federal judge ruled that those guys deliberately tried to harm CrossFit with falsified data in a- How do you Google it? How do you Google it? NSCA versus CrossFit. Okay, we'll leave it at that. There you go. Let people Google it because here's the thing. And it's the same thing with the mainstream media. If you're gonna lie to me on one thing, I ain't gonna trust you on nothing. That's, <laughs> yeah. just, that's just my policy. If you're gonna boldface lie, then I ain't gonna trust you. And mm -hmm. what I don't like about the, the fitness industry that I, you know, that that is that it has to change now, especially base baseball is filled with people, little fightums who are going to chop down on the ball forever, right? No matter what you tell them, yep, gotta chop down. Yep, roll your wrist, Junior. Like that's they will they will eventually perish and then the next generation should not be so stiff and misinformed we need flexibility in our understanding and i think what we're going to be able to do in a professional sense is that i'm a few years ahead of you guys in terms of just you know the life cycle but coming on the scene the best of the best aren't going to be able to sell what they're selling right now and we, you guys, and, and your integrity, searching for true answers, myself, searching for true answers, we're the ones whose work it's going to evolve to. So, and, that, and isn't that wonderful? Because everybody wins. The only ones who lose are the ones who are holding us back from getting there right now. And it's, they do it with peer pressure, social ridicule, professional ridicule, there's all sorts of like games and stuff. And it's all just this microcosmic thing for a much bigger issue, which is our Congress and the, and the whole like, you know, political system where in, and let me just say this last thing in this crisis, the worst thing that can happen is it creates an environment of fear where we acquiesce to agree to like reigning in freedoms, right? Oh, Better not say things that are uncomfortable. Better censor free speech because it's a little too uncomfortable. Uh-uh. We have to be vigilant that we believe that it's good to tell the truth. That's, that's, you, you have to have that. And that's what I, that's the foundation of how I operate. I have to have integrity. Otherwise, you know, it ain't worth playing. What do you have? Yeah, man. I mean, I already said I, I'm Jordan Petersoned up, man. I couldn't, uh, I couldn't agree with you more. Um, just from a time standpoint, we're going to, we're going to start wrapping this up. Um, yes. I'll, I'll say this. Um, it's really, it's really interesting because people have to have an open mind with this stuff, right? They have to consider that what they've been doing is, they might not ever do any of those things ever again. Um, it, I don't know if you've heard of this. Um, I just came across a product called the Synapse. Um, it's two episodes ago, so episode 61, we, we featured that. 
but there are so many things happening between what you're doing and, and other people in the industry. Um, I, I totally agree with you, David, whether it's just WEC method or in general, this is, this is changing and it's, we're kind of on the tail end in the baseball world where, you know, John and I talk about, we're kind of like these bridge, the, the, the bridge between old school, new school kind of idea and, and the pendulum keeps swinging back and forth. And, um, Gosh, I'm just really excited for us to quit wasting so much damn time on the baseball field because I got a lot of baseball players that just want to play the damn game, and I got a lot of coaches that just want to coach the game, and they're spending a lot of time training things that they don't need to be training, and it's not making them perform better. It's not making them feel better, and so in, in defense of you, when you start going into politics and when you start going, I don't know how you don't. I don't know how people don't because this isn't just about baseball. This is about understanding how to critically think about what the heck is going on around you. And, and the kids that come into our, our facility, right? I can't begin to coach them because they're so anxious about the day that they just had and the stresses, and they don't have to worry about anything. They have food, they have a, a, a home, right? They have all of these resources and amenities and they can't even have a conversation with me. Right. So if, if I'm going to talk about movement and I'm going to talk about performance and human development, it's really hard for me to avoid some of these conversations. So I will let you know that, like, I, I totally know where your passion comes from. I really appreciate it. Um, I, I, I'm really glad that, dude, you don't know my story very well, but I just I came to San Diego on a whim. And, and I don't have to be here right now. And it is, it is unbelievable because it's people like you and it's people like Chris Daly. Um, this is a wonderful place to be right now. And that, not just in San Diego, but to be in 2020 and to be in the fitness industry right now is, man, it's, it's, it's crazy. I think that, I think that, that, that is really the, the optimism that life goes on. And now with better information, where literally like, Running sucks, but it doesn't. You see, that's the thing. And you can redefine it. And, and, and literally, it's like you can, you can like, instead of just throwing these little lambs out for slaughter so that they don't have as much fun in sports and all this stuff, it, teach them how to move with the fundamentals and the basics by osmosis because the best in the world have to adopt it. And that, again... This thing, if this were bad for you, people would still be doing it because it gives you an advantage and it's good for you. And the ropes and all this stuff, I just let this to be the beginning. And as soon as we can get together in person, we'll do a Chris Daly. We'll do a, you know, we'll do a. a yeah, a dude. Real, I want to get us all together. A real we, could, we could possibly do a podcast too like that. I can have six people oh, yeah. at once on this. You know what I mean? Let, let's cue it up. And, and I mean, here's what it is. <laughs> Here's what it is. There's a lot of people to educate and to inspire. And right now in fitness, you get paid to be a motivator more than you get to be an, you know, someone who informs. You get paid more for motivating. Rah, rah, jump up and down, sweat. Oh, good. Like you're rewarded for that. It's basically going to flip so that now you got to teach sensible shit. Otherwise, you got no place. It makes so much sense, Dave, because we, we, you know, on our side uh, in the training, we say it all the time. Like, I cannot literally throw the baseball for you. I can help you. I can give you the tools to make sure you understand how to evaluate it. But I, I can't. I would love to jump in little Johnny's brain 
and take over his nervous system and throw for him because we would dominate so much. <laughs> you know, right. but I just can't do it. I literally can't do it. So all I can do is just describe these feelings because like, you know what, uh, like, like I said, you don't know me very well and, and our relationship with me and Cass, but we're very yin and yang because I'm so much a feel thing. And I'm so appreciative of him because all he's ever done since the first time we met is challenge the crap out of everything I've ever said. Right. That's all, well, it's, that's a great team. That's a great it, team. It comes back every time to like a lot of these things that we talk about with feeling and, and the things that I witness. you know, like I saw a 40 year old degenerate throw hundred miles an hour, not just once, like all the time. And his own evaluation system to throw hundred miles an hour was at the end of batting practice. If he, could, if he could throw it over the center field fence, if he couldn't do it, then he wouldn't throw that. I'm like, that's the craziest yeah. on switch I've ever seen in a day in my life. And he's not, yeah. and he's doing cold, you know, we've been standing in the outfield for an hour, you know, BSing about life. And then he would just well, grab a baseball, walk to home plate, do a little shuffle and throw it. And I would watch him do it. And then he'd walk up to the coach and thumb up or thumb down. And that was it. I'm like, dude, you, that is crazy. That is the craziest yeah. thing I've ever seen. But looking back on it now, it's like, I rip baseballs all the time in the gym cold and I'm fine. People think that it's like what? Well, like, and that's and that's and and that and that there was a funny thing on HBO's uh, Hard Knocks where they had the Cleveland Browns and one of the coaches, this defensive line coach, big, heavy, good guy, and he's talking about. It. He's like, he goes like, these guys are stretching. He's like, a D Day, Normandy. You think those guys are worried about stretching? <laughs> he's like, you can't sit there. He's like, you, you do your push-ups, you pull up, you jump. You know, it's just like. And there's something so pure and yeah. wonderful, pure and wonderful. It's like it, you don't if, – if you do the end pattern well, then everything flows into it. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? Like it flows into it. It's not this disjointed, oh, I'm going to go run. I'm going to go transform myself so that I will do that activity. No! You probably, <laughs> you stroll right into your stride. <laughs> yeah, sure. Well, this has been unreal, Dave. We'll, we'll definitely do this again. I really appreciate it. Um, you, you hurt my brain. I have things to Google and research, which thank you so much. Um, oh, man. The content, the so, content you provide is, is very educational, so I appreciate it. Yeah, so your Instagram you. is the David Weck. Um, yeah. The Instagram yeah. for Weck Method is Weck Method. Um, yes. that's kind of where you are the most. Um, I don't see, are you on Twitter that much? No, I, no, I'm not. We'll see. Yeah. What, it, what, what it is, is I, I have, um, I have a process where I know what I'm doing is true. So I know like, and I have a sustainable business. So in one sense, I don't have the urgency of, oh my God, like I'm scared. My urgency stems from I'm 50 years old and I'm sick and tired of waiting for this unification so that we can all get together. And I've positioned myself in this industry so that like me or not, doesn't matter. You're going to be doing shit that I invented and we're all going to have to get over it. And that's just the way it's going to be. And, you know, it, it, we could take it for take it for what it is. But the shenanigans. Shit works, dude. Shit works, dude. Hey, listen, it just works. And so, and so what it is, is I just wasn't, if I'm not being heard 
and I have something that needs to be said and heard, well, then I'll do whatever it takes to, to, you know, to, okay, make you hear it. And so now I've, now I've been heard. Now there's enough people in fitness who can no longer get away with just ridiculing me and ignoring me. Because if you do that at this point in time right now, you are perilously close to your own death sentence if you want to try to ridicule me professionally. Yeah. If you say that my credit, if you come against my work, then your credibility will be zilch. Is, and that's just a fact. You, nobody's telling Fosbury that he was wrong on that goddamn high jump technique, right? You just get over the fucking fact that you didn't think of it first, and that's it, right? That's the biggest problem. And people, the other thing that people do is besides not acknowledging things because they don't want to stop, is they steal. And all this hubbub and all this, all this resistance to my work has also meant that now nobody can steal it either. So it really does work out, you know, at the end of the day, we're ready to march forward with clear leadership, clear leadership, where it's the ideas, not the person that you have to take into consideration. Nobody needs to like me, care about me, nothing, but my method, it will make you better at what you're doing. And now you have no choice because the, the call is that we have to inform humanity to be physically more intelligent. It's the answer for supporting a brain that can be reasonable and that can deal with difficult problems. And when we when we eviscerate our species physically, which there's a lot of natural forces at work that creates more sedentary, there's less demand on you physically, so you don't need to do as much. And so now you concentrate what you're doing into these pockets of time where you have someone irresponsibly teaching your nervous system to do stupid fucking shit that no human being should be taught to do. Yeah, paraded, par paraded around as the best in class, peer reviewed and sanctioned by the experts with the PhDs, and it's corrupt, and it's going oh, away. It's going away because the, the the good sense, the good sense, is going to rule the day, and that's going to happen. Dude, I love your metaphors. I love your energy. I love what you're doing, man. Uh, for those of you who are in San Diego, um, you're in, I, I don't know how to say it. I'm not from here. Where in San Diego are you guys? Oh, uh, I've, uh, we're downtown San Diego. Weck Method is in the East Village. and it's Yeah, East Village. East Village in San Diego, downtown. we got a Weck Method lab. And basically, it, it, there's, certain, there's certain rites of passage that once you make them nodal points that you can do, roll the rope, learn how to do the pulse, learn some basic things, it supports and connects the dots for everything else. And so that's what's really, really exciting is we're going to see a lot of people emerge doing new and different things based on now we have the raw material that's been organized to be more receptive for coaching. And it's and it's all and it's all subcortical. 
the subcortical understanding that once you have the integration of the timing, the hands <laughs> organized like this, now the kid can all of a sudden even pay attention better because you've had my psychiatrist, Michael Larden, when you talk to him and he's thinking fast, you can see his eyes going back and forth. He's, he's, his eyes are going back and forth. He's associating different regions in his brain. He went to Stanford. He's, he was a world-class ping pong player who played professionally all over the world. He trains, you know, Dominic Cruz, uh, coaches, Dominic, Phil Mickelson, race car drivers, NFL. The guy is a, an encyclopedia and you can see it's like the integration of right and left that is the key to optimizing a human being and physically is the god's honest way to stimulate that and there's no better way than to create that storm that you're the center of with the rope dude i love it it's it's the most democratic right. thing there is. All right. Thank you, guys. You, you, hey, seriously, you're the best. We, we appreciate you coming on. This won't be the last time. We'll see you um, one more time. He's on Instagram predominantly. If you're in San Diego, go check him out. Their, their doors are always wide open. Um, yes. Hey, man, we're we appreciate be, you. Yeah, and, and, and yes, and I'm going to be starting a YouTube thing. I have a YouTube thing, but like my point was is that like, there's still a lot that I have to do, but Instagram is the easy way. And then WECMethod.com is, you know, it's all conventional stuff. It's not even crazy. It's just like, yeah, you yeah. do it. <laughs> yeah. And if you need help with anything, uh, feel free to reach out. I'll, I'll chat with you off air in just a second about that. But honestly, thanks again. I appreciate it. Guys, right. go follow him. Awesome. Um, learn some stuff. He's got so much information out there to go. And if you're in San Diego, uh, when we can all move freely amongst ourselves again, let's 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 learn some stuff. So I'm excited Amen. to uh, you, guys. you and I can play catch. Uh, tomorrow we have Go Catalyst Sports fun. before the weekend. So uh, Friday is uh, a baseball facility out of um, Colorado, and and then we got the weekend. So thanks again, David, and we'll see you guys tomorrow. Thanks, guys. All right, have a good one, man.